Welcome back to the You Can Homeschool podcast, where Pat Fenner and Tracy Hegerman candidly discuss all things homeschooling, the good, the bad, and the brilliant. Go ahead and grab your favorite drink, find a cozy spot, and join this week's lively discussion. Hi, welcome back. I'm Tracy Hagerman, also known as the Happy Homeschooler, and I am here once again with the infamous Pat Fenner. <laughs> Who infamous? And we have an exciting topic today, and this topic is the teaching of money management. This is something that um, I personally feel should be covered in your homeschooling. And one of the reasons why is I used to give retirement courses to professionals. And one of the things they would talk about in the course is how much in a marriage and in their lifetime, uh, the money, the management of money could be a very contentious point between individuals, between uh, spouses and in families. And so this is something that we really wanted to teach in our homeschooling. And so we're going to share with you some of the things and some of our ideas on how we taught uh, money management and some of our beliefs, I guess. So I'll just get, go ahead and get started on this one. My husband and I come from two very different backgrounds with how, of course, as Tracy points out, that is very common with how money was handled. I did get a lot of prep from my dad. My dad was a financial advisor, not a financial advisor. He worked in finance for uh, big companies on Wall Street and stuff his, in his career when, he, when I was being raised. And I remember him walking us to the bank when you got a decent rate on savings accounts when we were little and we'd set up our bank account. And every time we got our allowance, we'd walk to the bank and put some money in there and learn how to save. He taught me principles about credit cards. You know, uh, I still... Whenever I'm charging something, I always hear in, in my head, now remember, don't charge more than you can pay off this month. So I had, I always knew how to balance a checkbook, you know, I knew how to do that. But when we were married, I kind of let my husband take the lead, I guess, on our finances, because we're both very strong-willed, as I've mentioned. But I felt like, hey, he's my husband. I wanted to take care of the kids. I would let him take the lead on finances. But he does, he's a little more cavalier. Uh, we, we've done the Dave Ramsey course. And it, for those of you who have done it, uh, he is the spender. He's the free spirit. And I'm the nerd, which for many years, I didn't realize that. <laughs> but when I discovered that, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to take, we're going to take the rain, pull the reins in here in our finances a little bit. In terms of our homeschool, it became really apparent to me that we needed to teach our kids that we were not consistent with either giving allowances or paying for chores. We just, we often weren't on the same page. We changed it between kids. It was really, really kind of a mess until our kids got older. And we had taken a course, financial course on from Larry Burkett, the man who Dave Ramsey learned about finances and really got on the same page about things and discovered and agreed with each other about how important it was to teach money management. So our kids were a little older when we started doing that. So our success rate kind of varies. My oldest son is self-employed. I'm not really sure how his finances are handled, but he's able to fund his family on, and on a self-employed income, which just amazes me these days, you know, but... Uh, so he's able to do that. Our oldest daughter was able to pay for her way through college. She went to grad school, graduated, 
with enough debt that she and her husband paid off their student loan debt within a year after graduation. They are on track right now. They bought their house, a house in Atlanta, Georgia. So that market is pretty hot right now. They bought a house a couple years ago. They're on their way to paying off their house within the next five years. She's traveled the world, doesn't maintain credit card debt. They know what they're doing. They've got their act together. I'm very proud of them. I wish I could say I taught them all they know, but <laughs> I have to be honest, I didn't. Younger ones, we started going through the Dave Ramsey. They have a program, and I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, they have a program for teenagers, which is excellent. And I'm actually re-going, retaking the class myself with our youngest, because it's always good to stay sharp with your, with your money skills and things like that. But we found that it was really important, and we, gave in, we did it as a high school-level course for all of our kids and gave them half a credit and called it personal financial management, which you can do when you homeschool. You know, you can do that as an elective. You can use a program like we use Dave Ramsey's teen program for the basis of it, and then fill in with any kind of assignments or challenges that you wanna give your kids to complete and uh, make a, a good financial course out of that. But I, I don't know where you stand on this, and we're about to hear that, Tracy, but I would say definitely, and especially if you have not had training, and I don't mean necessarily going through a course, but if you're not wise about how you've handled your finances as you've been growing up, I think it's crucial to help your kids not make those same mistakes. And in the process, you can learn right alongside with them. This is a, this is a great example of an opportunity to learn alongside your children or your teenagers and decide that you want to do better and that you want better for your kids. All right, Tracy, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I think a lot of it comes from our background. So I come from a background. My dad was a professional engineer, but my mom was home for years. And so we knew that whatever higher education we would go to, we were expected to pay for it. So we knew that as young kids. And the interesting thing is our parents had five kids, but in that, my mom ended up getting two degrees while we were growing up and started her own tutoring business. So seeing my mom go through university, you know, none of us even had a question. It wasn't even a question whether we'd go on to higher education after. It was just, oh, that's what my parents did. So we did. But uh, that being said, so we each paid for our own education. And what I found was in my siblings, we're all quite responsible with money. And what I noticed that some of my friends who went through school, who their parents paid for their school, they were the ones with the credit card debt and the mm -hmm. buying brand new cars and you know so like no judgment intended but it really stood out to me some of the struggles they were going through and i was thinking but your parents paid for all your school like but again it was it was lack of knowledge right mm -hmm. lack of teaching and so right. i i moved out when i was um 21 paid all my school did two degrees and walked out debt free but again, I live in Canada, so our school is uh, different. A university is not quite as expensive. But, and I was really glad because after being married a few years, my husband and I were able to put a down payment on a house based on money I had saved when I was a teenager. Mm. So I wanted my kids to know this because I saw the benefit and I saw my siblings do well because we all sort of, just by virtue of the, of the family makeup that we came from, we just were 
good with our money because we had to pay for things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we had, you know, with each of our children, we were saying, okay, you're homeschooled. And so my son did his degree from home, but he paid all his tuition, all his books and, but he lived at home. So if he needed, you know, transportation to get there, we got him to the bus or whatever. And Mm -hmm. obviously his food. And then our two daughters both chose to go away to university. So we gave them a stipend for food, but they covered everything else. But the reason they were able to do this, and again, I'm very proud of my kids, and my son walked out of university and was able to pay off his student loan in two weeks. That's all he had, two weeks. My middle daughter um, finished high school a year early. She was homeschooled. So she did a year of missionary work for 10 months. So she couldn't work during that period of time because she was a traveling missionary with a team of missionaries. And so, but the following year, she was able to uh, move to Toronto, which is one of the most, one of the more expensive cities. Mm-hmm. And she took a one-year intensive music course where she took 60 courses, six zero courses in one year. It's crazy. So obviously she was not able to work during that time either. But when she was finished, she had um, basically $2,000 to pay back. So she had put money aside before she had gone on her missionary year and before she had gone away to school. And so people were like, like, what, like, how did she do that? And then our, our, uh, third daughter, she's in her fourth year of university and she's just even right now. So she's, as uh, she's making the money. So mm-hmm. she's, she's, you know, looking at her chart going, mom, I should be okay. I should walk out debt free. And the reason I bring this up is because as you mentioned in Canada and the U S the amount of personal debt that families are carrying is huge and it's debilitating. And, and this time that we are in right now, how long can families last based on this debt. So I think this is a really important topic. And it, it's, it wasn't anything really big for me because I came from, I had to pay my school and I moved out in the middle of school and I had to pay everything. But one, I had come up with this formula and it was basically as I was saving whatever money I would make, I would save 80%. And then I would spend 10% as the, okay, I made some money, I get spend 10% mm-hmm. and I, we would tithe 10%. And again, we come from a Christian background, but I still think that's good about finding a way to give back in some manner. So usually that formula is usually when they talk about people as adults and that they should always be saving a portion of their income. And they have that formula as, you know, uh, you, you would spend 80% on your family or whatever, but you should always have 10% that you're saving. And the reason I swapped the formula around is because I thought, well, as our kids, what else do they need? They have housing, they have food, you know, if they want activities, we pay for all of those things. And so I had taught them from the first day they had a job that you put 80% in that bank account. Cause later on, if you want to go to higher education, you'll need the money, but you can spend 10%. So for them, being able to spend that 10% was like, wow, I can buy something. And then also the joy of taking 10% and giving it back in some way. So did our kids like work like crazy? They all had part-time jobs, but no, they didn't work like crazy. Maybe in the summer, sometimes they may have two jobs. At one point, my daughter had three jobs because she couldn't find full time. So she mm. had three separate jobs. Right. But but it was just 
but they were, that was so ingrained in them that, okay, just put the 80% away. That's for school. So now was this always easy for them? Mm. Not necessarily. Our son is a saver by nature. He finds that easy to, to save money. Like you said, you know, you said your son, uh, your husband's more the cavalier and likes to spend money. That's my husband as well. And I'm much more conservative <laughs> mm-hmm. with spending. But what, what happened is, is really interesting because um, when our son was, he was around 11. Okay. So we never gave allowance. We felt it's part of the family responsibilities. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get paid for something, it's got to be above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so if you're shoveling the neighbor's driveway, absolutely. There were different things like that, that they, they could do when they were younger. But what's, what's really interesting, and I bring up my son, is one day we were sitting, listening to this couple who were teachers, educators, and they, in their retirement, wanted to use their experience and give back. So they had they had gone to about 15 different charities to try and figure out where did they really want to put their skills. And they decided on this charity that was building schools for kids in India, really the poor areas in India. So they had come to our church and were just presenting basically their ministry. And at the end of the presentation, they were looking for, for funds. And so at the end, they had a collage of pictures and they had said, um, you know, if you want to come up and have a look. So my son walks up and he sees this picture and the kids are holding these huge leaves with this white mound in them. And he's like, what is that? And they were explaining to him that because the kids were so poor, their parents didn't send a lunch with them. So the kids would go out and get these big, I think they might've been grape leaves or something. I'm not sure, but the school would cook rice for them and they would they would eat it off these big leaves full of rice. Okay. So at the time my son was 11, he didn't have a job. He only had money that was given to him at a birthday. And so he had a hundred dollars to his name. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he said, mom, can I give some money to this? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I have everything I could ever need, want, or desire. Why can't I give them all my money? And I was like, uh, and I let him give them his hundred dollars because I didn't want to steal from him the joy joy. that he and the conviction he had that this was something worthwhile and why couldn't he? And so that, that giving has continued, has continued and I'm I'm not going to get because he likes to do it anonymously and stuff, but not only did it allow him, you know, to pay school and walk out debt free, it gave him that looking beyond yourself and looking and giving back. So as we're sitting here talking, like, what, what are the things we want to teach our kids? Like it's those characteristics. And my youngest daughter, she had so much trouble saving money. She, you go to the dollar store and she could find every knickknack imaginable and convince you that this is a good idea. And so, you know, the money was going through and I was, I'd be like, Brooke, you know, it's really important to just take a little bit. And it's like, Oh, I really need this. And I'm like, so, so what, what we did. I, so we came home and we talked about it cause this was going on, you know, she started working and, and I'm like, Brooke, you know, you're gonna have to pay for school later and that, but the goals for her were too long away. Right. So I'm like, Hey, why don't we take a shorter goal? And so she came up with the idea. She wanted to go see her uncle who lived in the States. So she was able to save for an airplane ticket to go see her aunt and uncle. And she was 14 years old. I had to write a note saying she was allowed to go over the right. border. Yeah. And she, she, so she had that, 
um, experience of she had saved and paid for the airplane ticket. Now, my brother spoiled her like you wouldn't believe. By the time she got home, she had this new wardrobe and all this stuff. <laughs> but she had the knowledge of being able to save. And, and as she got older, she said to me, mom, I need to open a second bank account because I know I let it slip through my <laughs> fingers. So she had the idea when she started working her, you know, first job at McDonald's or whatever, she said, I want the money to get directly deposited in one account. So I don't touch it. And then I'm going to transfer 20%, 10% for spending and 10% to give away. Mm -hmm. And, and her giveaway is she would buy McDonald's gift cards. And if she saw someone on the street, she would hand them a little $10 and say, you can go get yourself a meal. And that was her way of giving away. But it was just like that formula of as their kids and they're babysitting or they have their first job, why can't they save 70 to 80% of that money? These are amazing stories. I mean, they really are amazing stories. And what I hope your takeaways are, first of all, I think a lot of times in my experience, we are either afraid or hesitant to teach our kids about managing money, not only because, as I mentioned earlier, we didn't do it well, but we have this perception that teaching them how to manage money, we come at it from a perspective of scarcity, that we have to have it so that we're okay down the road or that, you know, so that we don't lack anything down the road. But the stories that, that Tracy is sharing today uh, are, are really good examples about saving money from a perspective of abundance. And I think coming at it from that aspect makes all the difference. So how can we do that as parents? Okay. So teaching our kids that we want, you should, and we should as parents know how to handle our money because God has blessed us. I think most of the people who are listening to this, uh, you have internet connection, you have a phone or a computer, so you're doing all right. Okay. God has blessed us abundantly and, and we are very privileged to be able to have our needs met, you know, food, clothing, shelter kind of thing. And so how can we manage our blessings, AKA our money, so that we can bless others, be a blessing to others. And that is a whole different mindset from, you have to learn how to save and manage your money so that uh, you, know, you can put a roof over your head later, or you can do, you know, which is a, a scarcity mindset. And I think that really is a huge difference. And if we look at it from the abundance aspect, our kids will pick that up. We will be living a more grateful life which we know that that spills over whether or not you're a person of faith living a grateful life i don't know it has good karma whatever you want to call it you know what i mean it's a domino effect and in this case you know teaching our kids how to manage money and explaining to them it's because you have not only incredible blessings now but you have the potential for god to bless you in the future and you want to be there to bless others. I love that, that your daughter got McDonald's gift cards for people who look like they could use a meal. You know, I mean, I'm not making a value judgment on McDonald's food because I know some people are going to be, oh, that's, you know, <laughs> it's not healthy. But think about it. How old was your daughter when she was doing this? Well, she had her first job at 15. Okay. So a 15 year old would even think about somebody else, that somebody else could use a meal. And so she prepared to share her abundance to bless others. That is, that's freaking over the top, you know? Well, it, well, it's so neat because you know that joy when you buy someone a gift, like let's say it's a family member and you're like, oh, this is just the most perfect gift. 
And then when you're giving it to them, you're so excited. You almost want to unwrap it for them (laughs) (laughs) because you can't wait to see that joy and there's a joy. And so they experience that with, you know, take 10% and you get to choose where you think that is and the joy they would feel of doing that. And then my other daughter lived in Toronto, which was so expensive. She really had to live close to the line in order to, like I said, we gave her a stipend for food, but paying for her own place in Toronto and paying all her tuition and not being able to work because of her program. She really had to be careful. And at first she was doing, you know, the coffee runs and the, but she started looking at her bank account and she really had to figure out that, well, you can't just spend that money. And, and as a parent, what do we want to do? We want to rescue. We do because she's low in Toronto. I don't know. She only has this much. And we always said like, if there's ever an emergency, you know, you can ask us. But there was a couple really lean months and she had, she had kind of mentioned in passing, I'm like, are you okay? She goes, no, I do have enough. But she had to live through that. And now she's so much better with her money because mm-hmm. we want to rescue. And I think sometimes out of love, we do rescue. And that's not what they require. They require to learn and do it while they're young and they're in the house and you have some control over that because they never felt deprived because they were putting 80% away because they always had that 10% they were going to spend that little, Oh, I work this like, (laughs) and their needs were provided for. So they really didn't have, I mean, 10% was really kind of fun money anyway, because they didn't. So that's, yeah. And I have to say too, that if you're listening to this, these are not principles that are solely applicable to homeschoolers. And, And if you're listening to this and you might, for some reason might not even be homeschooling, these are still principles that you can teach your children The one caveat is when they are in a traditional school with all their peers, among friends who may not be being taught these principles, it is harder. It is harder when you have friends whose parents are like, whatever you want, I'll pay for it. You want a new car, I'll pay for it. You want to go to college, I'll pay for it. And you're trying to teach your children responsibility. It is going to be hard for them to look Mm -hmm. at it to look at money management from a mindset of abundance. It is going to feel like scarcity. And so I just want to encourage you that, yeah, this, it, this may be a, an uphill battle for you, but down the road, as you know, Tracy's grown kids, you know, attest to, and certainly uh, some of the stories that I have from my, our own children, it's worth it. It is worth it. But the, the biggest disservice, and I know I'm going to get pushback on this, but the biggest disservice you can do for your kids is to pay for their college. I'm going to go ahead and flat out say that. Oh, I'm you know? with, I am with you, sister. Yeah. I mean, I, even when I was going to school back in the dark ages, you could tell the students that were working their way through college mm-hmm. and the ones who's, whose parents paid for it because there's more of an intentionality, a seriousness, a, hey, I've got to, you know, I've got to get, do well on this course or this program or whatever. I'm not here to fool around. You know, I'm paying for this. It's out of my pocketbook versus the students who were being, had all their everything paid for them. And you know, those, those students, those are the ones that are out getting drunk every night and failing their finals. And of course there are exceptions. I know I'm painting broad strokes here, but generally speaking, I think that's, you'll agree that there are more examples of those generalities than the exceptions. So I would just say, you know, start as young as you can start with the, take it from the approach of the abundant mindset rather than a scarcity mindset and stick to your guns, you know, um, work, work and learn 
alongside your kids so that you are modeling it for them too. And yes, we will all make mistakes, snags and pitfalls and stuff, but just to get up and keep going and encourage them. And it'll be something that, that, that you not only encourage your adult kids, but they'll be able to encourage you then too down the road. You know, it's wonderful when your kid says to you, oh, mom, I know you probably, that was a mistake buying that, wasn't it? But that's okay. Next month will be a new month or, you know, whatever, with your credit card or whatever it is. You'll find each other, you know, you'd be encouraging each other. And, and I also want to say, like, we're not talking about being misers because right. that's, that's, you know, the other and You can never spend your money on anything or that. It's just, you can do it so seamlessly if you start them young and just say, oh, there's your first job or you have your babysitting job. You know, is it, and, and what's something you'd like to save for? Just teaching that, just seamlessly teaching that. And, and so then as the, the salary grows, they have that so ingrained mm-hmm. that there's, and think of the blessing for their family. They'll be able to take care of their family because they know how to manage their money and take away, you know, one other riff that can draw people mm-hmm. apart. So I, I don't know. I just, I feel really strongly as a subject that so needs to be taught and can be done so seamlessly and so mm-hmm. easily. And so yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful to my parents by virtue of the fact they couldn't pay for all of us to go to school, mm-hmm. but I think that is one of the best things they ever did. Well, I think that is, and I think I also want to reiterate for parents who are feeling, especially in this, this time of, you know, these financial crunch days, if you're feeling bad because you can't pay for your kid's college, or if you're feeling that you have to go into debt, that you have to go into debt to pay for your kid's college. Consider this your sign and your official permission to be released from that. I know that not only is personal debt growing in the United States, and I'm sure I know in Canada is as well, but there is an increasing amount of parents who are taking out student debt for their children. As a matter of fact, my, my last, our last two kids that were uh, in college, part of their financial aid plan included a line of debt for parent student loans. Oh. And my, and that was part of the plan. And I will never forget the first time we saw that. And my husband was like, oh, absolutely not. We're not taking a student loan out for our, you know. And I, I'll, I'll have to admit, I was devastated. I was like, but, you know, he won't be able to go to college. They say that we need to do this and everything. And, and we sat down and talked about it. And he's like, you know, we're getting into our years where our income is going to start declining. Mm-hmm not growing anymore, you know, just because you do reach that mom and dad, that you know, you're not on the, you're not on the upswing anymore. And we're nearing retirement and we can't afford to enter retirement, having to pay off student loans. And not only that, we had two more kids that were going to go be going through college. If we started the president with that, oh my gosh, you know, just extrapolate that scene. And so we said, no, you have to figure out you know, you have to figure this out. And he did. And everybody's, you know, fine. And I'm, I'm so grateful that we didn't accept that. So, but I know a lot of parents, even grandparents are taking on student yes. debt for your kids. So mm-hmm. please don't do that. Don't feel like you're a bad parent because you can't buy your kid a car. They will take much better care of it if they've saved up for it. <laughs> you know, and I've had friends whose parents, when I was in high school, whose parents brought them cars, brand new cars. and they didn't last because of whatever, different situations, but they didn't feel like it was necessary to take care of them. They didn't spend the money, you know. Now, my, just- my son could have bought his first car outright cash, mm-hmm. but he didn't. He bought 
a number of years old, a little car, well, not little, but you know, a car. And he said, why do I need a brand new car? So he paid cash for his car, but he didn't buy a new one. And he could have, but he's like, eventually I want to buy a house. So why would I like, I, this this is such a hot topic and I know we've probably gone on longer than most of ours but yes well you have such an opportunity as parents to teach this stuff when the kids are younger and believe me they'll thank you later they yes. will this is one area they will thank you later that yeah. they were taught this yeah all right so yes Tracy you're right we're, we're running over I'm sorry about that but Tracy and I both believe very strongly in this it's just crucial to future generations to handle handle their finances so make it a part of your homeschool you know, consider it from an, from an aspect of abundance rather than scarcity and uh, learn right alongside with them and uh, you'll have a, a happy, happy homeschool, happy finances too. So. <laughs> All right. So we are going to jump off this. Thank you for listening. We hope that you've been blessed and have picked up one or two tidbits from it. And uh, I guess we'll see you in the next episode. All right. Bye, Tracy. Bye. another episode of the You Can Homeschool podcast. Thanks for joining us for another Candid Conversation. For more information on life-changing books, courses, and coaching services, or if you have a homeschooling topic you'd like to hear discussed in a show, check our show notes for how to reach out to Pat and Tracy. <laughs>